Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a solo episode and I have a topic that I want to dive into. But first, just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So one, uh, if you can leave a rating and review, that just helps to you know, obviously show people that it's a good podcast and it has good information. Um, and I know Spotify, you can do that now. So that would be very helpful, uh, especially if you're somebody that has taken a lot away from this podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. Next, um, you can follow me on Instagram at JeffH91 underscore. That's where I put out most of my content. I'm most active on there. Um, so definitely give me a follow there. I do have my email list as well. Uh, with that, it's just a nice way to get off of social media. I had somebody email me the other day saying, this is nice to get this information um, via email, not have to go through social media and whatnot. Just because, you know, with social media, it's like, the content's just geared towards like quick and black or white type stuff. So uh, you obviously get, you listen to this podcast, so you want and in, in-depth in knowledge there. And then lastly, I have my one-on-one online coaching service. And with that, you know, I help you build muscle, lose body fat, uh, so you can look good in a swimsuit. And also with that, you know, it's more than just a training program or macros. You know, we really dive into a 360 approach with everything in terms of your sleep, um, overall health, stress management. Um, and then usually there's always one to two bottlenecks in terms of like those things that I talked about. And just from a mental standpoint that keep you from seeing the results that you want to see, it's usually not your desire to work or again, your training program or nutrition. That stuff is super important, but there's always at least one, two bottlenecks I see. And, and it's and by having a coach, you know, we really dive into that stuff and figure out, you know, what those bottlenecks are that have been keeping you from seeing the results you want to see. Again, just to, to look better in your swimsuit so you can look and feel better. So if you're interested in that, uh, the link to see other uh, to see other clients that have gone through transformation and or uh, if you just want more information on the coaching service, the link for that is in the, in the show notes. And if you're interested, uh, you can fill out the application. And again, you're not obligated to anything there with that. It just, uh, we can kind of move forward to the, the conversation and figure out if you would be interested in the program and if it would even be a good fit for you. So with that out of the way, let's dive into the topic. So topic I want to go over today is nine ways to make your calorie deficit easier to manage. So I'm sure you've you know heard this before. You just need to stick to a calorie deficit to lose fat. I mean, how many times have we heard that? Probably a lot. And you've probably heard it at least once today already. So it is true though, like you do need to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat, but it's easier said than done. And the advice is usually to just eat less, move more. Um, and that's not really helpful, right? You know, you, you already know you need to eat less, but that doesn't change the fact that today's modern environment makes just eating less grueling. Uh, just makes it a really tough process to do. So when you just eat less, what happens is you will eat less for a period of time, but then your hunger and cravings kick in and the modern environment drags you down. Then you have to restart the process. You know, each time this happens, you lose confidence and you tell yourself it's impossible for you to lose body fat. And you really like, if you do this enough times, you do start to believe that story. And so the good news here is that it's not impossible. If this is, if this is you and you feel like you just can't lose body fat, it's not impossible and you can do it. The bad news, it's not easy. Um, but what you're doing 
And again, this goes into the, how I just kind of talked about with online coaching. It's like, you can have your macros, you can have your calories, you can have your meal plan, you can have your training program, but you know, how you go about this, your approach and whatnot, it's going to play a big role in this and you're in the mental side of things. So what you're doing makes this process a thousand times tougher than it needs to be. You know, that's why you have to keep going through this process over and over again. And this is exactly what I work on with clients who just want to look better in their swimsuits. So here's nine ways to make your calorie deficit easier to manage because what you're doing is making it a thousand times tougher than what it needs to be. So the very first one, have a start and end date to it. I know a lot of clients that wouldn't have stuck with their calorie deficit, their fat loss phase, if they didn't have an end date. There's something about having an end date that that helps with it, adherence. You know, you just know when it's going to be done. That helps you kind of push through those tough times. So having that end date can be super uh, helpful there. I just see it way too often that people just randomly say they want to lose weight without a start and end date. And it's just like this, hey, I'm fat loss dieting. Hey, I'm trying to lose five more pounds, whatever it may be. You know, this is a big mistake. You need to have that start date and you need to have that end date. Because when you don't have that, you end up being one foot in, one foot out the entire time. You have, you know, a, like I said, during the week, it's like, oh, I'm fat loss dieting. Weekend comes around. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then a couple of days later, oh, I'm fat loss dieting again. It's like, you're just one foot in, one foot out, and you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to end up spinning your wheels. You're going to feel like you're working super hard, and then you're just going to get nowhere. So having that start and end date is going to be super helpful here. So for most clients, eight to 12 weeks seems to be best for being in a deficit. However, this is very individual to the client because there's a lot that goes into it. You know, I think eight to 12 weeks is solid. Like, like I said, I've seen that be, that's kind of that sweet spot there, but I wouldn't go much shorter than this. You could, however, in terms of being longer than that, you can definitely make it longer than that. Like if I have a client that's 12 weeks in, they're seeing great results. They're not showing very much diet fatigue. They're not super hungry. They can keep going. They got a lot of momentum. We're not going to stop them because it's like, oh, hey, it's, it's 12 weeks. But, um, Again, having having something there that is going to say, hey, after this certain amount of time, I'm going to be out of it. And so one thing that I've been doing here with this is, okay, so we have either our goal weight or an end date that we're going to have with it, right? Because this can be helpful with it, especially if it's like, you can set 12 weeks and be like, hey, 12 weeks, I'm just going to do it. If I don't hit my goal, I'm done. Like that's one way to do it. And I think that's smart. But if you're seeing a lot of results towards the end and you want to keep going, I would say, you know, you want to be careful there with, with that, with ending that. But one thing you can do here is, is have your, either your goal weight or an end date. So what that means is, okay, say you're, you want to get to 165, you either get to 165 and that's when the fat loss phase ends, or you set a date where it's like, Hey, by January 15th, if I'm not at 165, I'm out of the fat loss phase, right? That gets you to where it's like, you can push it. If you're seeing good results, you just keep going. But if you are at a point where you just can't keep losing more weight, it doesn't make sense to just keep trying to stay in a calorie deficit. You need to exit out. So you have a couple different options there. You can go that route, or you can do the, Hey, I'm just going to do it for 12 weeks and that's it. Um, or maybe you have a trip and you know that, Hey, a week or two before I'm going to get out of it. Right. Um, so just be careful with that endless fat loss phase, uh, mindset where again, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to lose five more pounds. You know, that that's going to get you to this point to where you're just going to endless, you're going to end up feeling like you're working super hard and you're not going to see, um, but you're not going to see the results. So have that, have that end date set again, eight to 12 weeks can be a little bit longer than that uh, as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be 12 weeks. Um, but like I said, having that either 
end date or a date where, hey, if I get to this certain weight, I'm going to um, cut it out. Next, keep your steps high. High step counts not only burn more energy, but also help with managing hunger. Uh, you know, they're also great for many other things, but in terms of like a calorie deficit standpoint, you know, they're going to help you expend more energy and it's going to really help you with uh, ma managing your appetite as well too. So uh, another thing about keeping your activity or step count high is it's is simply less time you will be sitting around thinking about food. That's the other big thing about it. It does help with your managing your appetite. It does help with uh, expending more energy, but really, you know, it's going to, you're going to be up and moving around. You're not going to be sitting there thinking about food. I think that's where you get yourself in trouble is if you're sedentary, it's like you're not expending as much energy, but you're also just sitting there kind of thinking about food. You're more likely to think about food while you're just sitting there. Right. Um, so with steps, you know, eight to 10 K per day is solid. Again, this is going to be very dependent on the client where they're at, but if you're sub 6,000, you got to get that up. And I think eight to 10 K solid, um, you could go a little bit higher with that. If you want, um, I would be careful to start to go too high. You don't, you know, you don't want to get to a number where it's like, it's not sustainable for you. And, or it's, you know, once you get super high with it, you'll start to see hunger increase because you're moving so much. Um, so we do want to be careful with just getting in that mindset of, oh, I just need to keep doing more and more steps. I think eight to 10 K is a solid number to shoot far. And then again, if you're already there and you want to expend a little bit more energy, you could bump it up to like 10 to 12 K, but I would just caution on once you get north of 15 K to keep doing that. So keep those steps high, keep that, keep those activity levels high throughout the week and throughout the day. Next one, have a meal timing structure. So with each client, we will set up how many meals they will eat per day. So this is going to be very dependent on the person and, and what you can stick with. But what I usually see happen here, if you don't have this like kind of meal timing structure is you have one day where you eat two times, then you have one day where you eat four, then you eat three, then you eat one, then you eat six, et cetera. You know, there's no structure from day to day. It's, it's all random. And so what happens here when you do that is it's like, how do you know how much to eat at each meal? You, you don't like things are all over the place. You have to figure out what to eat every second of the day. And so there's no routine, there's no structure. And so that just, it's just a lot of noise, I feel like. And it's really hard to manage your calorie deficit if you're doing that. So set, so by setting up how many meals you eat per day and around the same time, you will have a great foundation to build from. So that's a big thing there is it's going to give you a good foundation. If you know you have four meals per day, um, that helps you plan out those meals. And also if you do have a day where you can't necessarily plan out everything, it's like, Hey, I've already eaten twice today. Pretty typical of what I've eaten, or maybe it's a little bit more food than I thought, then you know that you can maybe dial back the amount of food that you eat in the, in the next meals um, as well. So again, it just gives you a lot of foundation to work with, and it just takes a lot of guesswork out from day to day. So for me, this is um, a must during a calorie deficit, but even when I'm out of a calorie deficit, you know, I'm in a surplus right now, same thing, I'm still eating four meals per day. And it just helps me stay on track to, especially on those days where uh, my schedule is a little bit different. It just allows me to be able to, uh, still eat the same amount and have a good idea of, of where my caloric intake is without having to track every little thing um, that I do. Now, in a deficit, I do like to have clients track their calories and macros, but there's going to be those days where you can't, um, you know, with if stuff's going on, so it can help you moderate that. But even if you are tracking your calories and macros, it can be helpful to have that um, the same amount of meals per day, because then you can, again, go from there and you know, hey, this is lunch this is what I'm having for lunch. I typically have it here um, and, and whatnot. Now, again, you don't have to have it down to the exact time uh, of say at 115, I'm eating every day. You know, it can be from like one to three, you know, at that point you're going to have, you're going to have a meal. Um, and I feel like that also helps keep hunger at bay too, because 
you don't have, you know, when you go back to that example, I said of, you know, one day you have two, then you have four, then you have three, then you have one, then you have six or whatever it may be. You get my point there. I feel like that is not great for managing hunger because you could have a day where if you only eat twice a day, it's like all of a sudden you don't eat for six hours. Now you're starving. And then it's really hard to moderate your food intake then. So again, getting that structure from day to day and having a meal timing structure where you pick how many meals you eat per day. I would say this is where I would start. I would pick how many meals you're going to eat per day. That's priority number one. From there, the next priority is going to be getting it within a, in, in a time frame of you know six to eight, uh, 11 to one, whatever it may be. So next, have go-to meals and at restaurants as well. So have at least one to three nutritious go-to meals. So what that means is you just have these meals that they're easy to make. You have the stuff on hand at all times. It's your go-to meal for when you're in a bind. So that way, whenever you're in a bind, you can fall back on those options if you don't have anything prepped. Um, So for example, for me, just a couple go-to meals I have. Breakfast is oatmeal with protein powder um, and some peanut butter right now, whether I'm cutting or gaining, it's going to depend on probably less peanut butter or whatever it may be. Um, or maybe no peanut butter, or maybe I'm switching from milk to almond milk, whatever it may be, but that's a go-to meal. I just know the calories in it. It's easy. I always have the stuff on hand. I can make it. So if I have to fall back on that, I have it next is going to be, um, kind of my pre-workout pre post-workout depends on the day, but, uh, it's, it's a bagel, uh, one and a half bagels and Greek yogurt, uh, Again, that's that's a meal that I know for sure. I'm, I, I know what it is. I have it. I have it on hand, so I can fall back on that. If you're trying to eat something new every single day, sticking to a calorie deficit is going to be tough. So having these meals ahead of time um, can be helpful. And you could also do it where you have a rotation of meals too, where maybe you have at any one time three meals that you're eating, but in that rotation you have six, and you're just kind of cycling in and out of, of those meals, and then you know, maybe you have one meal per day or a couple meals per week where it's something a little bit different. But I think if you're trying to find something new to eat every single day uh, to, you know, keep it fresh or whatever you want to say there, like you're going to struggle to stick with your calorie deficit um, just because we know that it's hard to to uh, know how many calories are actually in a meal. Even if you do track to a T, it's still going to be tough. And so if you're changing things up all the time, it's, that is going to make it very challenging to be able to stay in a, in a calorie deficit. So there needs to be con- some consistency. So, you know, if you have a start and end date, you have a meal timing structure set up and you have go-to meals, you're going to be in a good place uh, here with this calorie deficit. And at restaurants too, um, again, we know going out to eat when you're in a calorie deficit is going to make that very tough to stick with um, again, because we just don't know how many calories are in each meal. But if you have something that's relatively the same each time you go, you can narrow that 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 consistency in a little bit there with it. So um, for example, when I prepped a couple of years ago, I, I would have a refeed day on Wednesday. And what I used there is I, I would get all you can eat sushi. And every Wednesday I would go, I would get the same amount of rolls, same sushi rolls. Um, and, you know, I ate that uh, every Wednesday um, to keep things fresh and to keep me staying on track uh, with it. So again, having those go-to meals at restaurants can be super helpful, but also even now my go-to meals at like when I go out to eat or, you know, Chick-fil-A is going to be like a grilled chicken sandwich. Um, uh, it, you know, Qdoba, it's going to be a chicken burrito, things like that, right? Like you can fall back on, on those as well too. Next, make sure you have protein at each meal. You know, protein helps maintain and build muscle and will help with your overall look when you diet down. So again, we want to make sure that we keep that muscle uh, when we're dieting down and 
protein can also be very filling. It's also the macro that gets eaten the least when I look at a client's food log, especially when it comes to fat loss and changing your body. So when looking over your meal, make sure there's a good source of protein in each meal. You know, don't have a meal where it's just carbohydrates and fats, you know, make sure at each meal you're getting a source of protein. We want to get protein at each meal. That's obviously going to help with keeping you feeling full. And uh, again, you're going to, that protein is going to help you maintain and potentially build muscle uh, depending on where you're at. So making sure that when you look over your meal, there's a source of protein in it. Next, eat more high volume foods. The goal of increasing your food volume is to keep you feeling full. So hunger and cravings stay at bay. Cause as we know, as you eat less food and as you get, as you lose more body fat, those hunger and cravings are going to start to rise. Um, and so by eating more high volume foods, it's going to help mitigate that hunger. So high volume foods would be foods that have a low calorie amount for the amount of food. You know, think of things like watermelon, vegetables, popcorn, potatoes, rice, lean proteins, et cetera. Low food volume foods would be foods that have a high calorie amount for a little amount of food. For example, think about how just two Oreos has 160 calories. Again, you know, you you put a serving of watermelon next to a serving of Oreos, you're going to get a lot more food with those or with those watermelons and even with the Oreos. That's that's calorie density there, right? So this is where I think a lot of people get. This is where like if it fits your macros approach can be detrimental. You know, say you're tracking your calories and macros and you're not really focused on food quality. You're just trying to hit your calories and macros and you're trying to fill it up with mostly tasty foods. Well, 2,200 calories of calorie dense food is a lot less food than 2,200 calories of more nutrient dense type food. So, you know, food quality calories are the most important thing, but food quality does matter because it's going to be easier to manage. So making sure you get more high volume foods in your diet is going to be key, especially as you continue to lose more and more weight. Uh, the biggest mistake people make when on a fat loss diet is trying to fit in too many calorie dense foods. And this just leaves them feeling super hungry. Not only are you not getting a lot of food, but that type of food is just going to leave you wanting more of it. Uh, so you really do have to be careful there with that. You have to walk that fine line, you know, for some clients leaving some of that food in helps them stay on track, but for some clients leaving that food in just causes them to want more. So again, this goes back to what I said here at the beginning of this podcast episode is there's advice out there that I think is great for a lot of people, but then there's certain just like bottlenecks for you that cause you to, you know, continue to kind of spin your wheels. And that's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, you know, if for you having these foods in cause you to eat more. It's like, that's one thing that we need to change, right? So learning about yourself here is, is super important, seeing what works and what doesn't work for you. And there isn't a one size fits all approach here. That's why I think having a coach is super important after a while, because you do get to find these things out and you get to see what, what actually works for you and not what you just see on the internet from somebody that who knows, you know? Uh, so again, eating more high volume foods is going to be key here. This is a, this is definitely a huge diet hack. And one thing that uh, definitely work on with clients more is just really focusing on getting more quality foods in their diet. I, I definitely fell into that IIFYM if it fits your macros approach years ago, um, which I think it can help. But at the end of the day, we got to make sure we're getting good food quality in as well, too, so we can uh, manage that hunger. Next, limit alcohol. Uh, there's no way around this. If you're trying to get leaner, alcohol will make it tough, even in moderation. So this sucks to hear, but it's it's the truth and people need to hear the trade-offs, right? Like they, again, this is where having a coach can be key. Cause it's like, Hey, these are the trade-offs. This is what I work on with clients, right? Is just telling them the trade-offs. Hey, I know you like alcohol. We can keep it in, but this is going to be the trade-off of keeping it in. So drinking itself, drinking the actual calories that are in alcoholic beverages. And yes, alcohol does count as calories, does have calories in it. 
the downside with alcohol too, uh, this is kind of a side note is, but most people don't think is like, it actually depletes you of nutrients as well. So it's like, you're not getting any satiation from those nutrients and it also depletes your uh, current nutrient levels as well too. So uh, it's definitely makes it very challenging on a fat loss diet to drink alcohol because you're just going to feel like shit. Um, but again, drinking itself does add a lot of calories, but it's a trickle down effect of drinking that causes the most problems. Okay. So again, it's not necessarily like, Hey, if you have th- that you're drinking your calories, like, yes, those are going to add calories. Those are calories you could have towards food. But again, it's these downstream effects that I think affect people more. And that's when you drink your inhibitions lower and you're just more likely to say, screw it that night with your food options. I'm sure. We've all been there before. You're not you know, you had three or four drinks, you're starting to get a buzz on. You're not like, oh man, I wish I had a nice chicken breast and broccoli. Again, I just use that as, as an example. You're, you know, you want pizza or something like that, right? So there's that. You're, you're just more likely to be like, and, and again, you go back to this at the beginning where it's like, you don't have a start and end date to it. It's like a random Friday night with friends. You're going to go out, you're going to drink. Um, and then that's where you're like, you know what? I don't really care about this fat loss, right? I'm one foot in, one foot out, whatever. I'm just going to drink tonight. I'm not going to have a game plan. Whereas again, if you have this game plan, you you have that start and end date. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm dieting for fat loss right now. I just have to take it easy here with with the with the alcohol. Um, again, that, that's where I think having that start and end date can be super helpful there. But it also negatively impacts your sleep as well, um, which then is going to affect your decisions the following day as well. You might be a little bit more tired. You just kind of want to lay around a little a little bit more. Again, that goes back to alcohol also depletes your nutrients. Um, so you just want to lay around a little bit more. You still have those kind of, again, you're, you're craving like tasty food the next day. So again, it's not necessarily just drinking that night that causes you to that hurts fat loss. It's the decisions that you make afterwards as well. So if on a fat loss diet, you should aim to drink very moderately and avoid it altogether if you can. So very moderately being, I mean, you really don't want to get drunk. Um, you really want to limit getting buzzed. Um, and look, this is just one of those things that if that is very important to you and, and that's part of your lifestyle, you have to kind of make that choice of like, Hey, here's where I'm at. You know, this is the, this is where I want to get to. And if I can't get there with, you know, you, you can't, if I can't get there with my current lifestyle, you have to make changes or just accept the fact that, hey, this is how it's going to be. And, and getting to that next level is going to be much tougher unless you change the things that you're currently doing. Again, this isn't something that just, oh, hey, uh, macros or a training program can fix. Next thing is use calorie-free beverages and caffeine strategically. A lot of people think low-cal diet drinks are bad for your health, but this is only in like absurd amounts, right? Like if you go crazy with it, okay, but most people just can't even drink that much anyways. However, they can help with cravings so they can be a tool that you can use. Um, these 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 calorie-free beverages, you know, these kind of sweet beverages, they can be a tool to help you, you know, kind of get that that sweet tooth or get that kick um, and, then, and then you don't want that later. So uh, it can be helpful there. You can use it as a tool. Caffeine can also be an appetite suppressant as well. I would just say here, just make sure to avoid too much caffeine later in the day as that's going to negatively impact sleep. And we we don't want that, but you can utilize caffeine a little bit more and, and drink a little bit more caffeine to kind of help um, lower the um, your appetite. Next, plan ahead for events, parties, whatever it may be. Plan ahead for the next day. Too many people just wing everything. You know, have a plan for the party. But more importantly, have a plan for the day. Hey, you know you have an event coming up. Don't just wing the entire day. No, you know, or a couple of days earlier you have that, so you're going to be a little bit more on top of your choices leading up to it. Um, you can also plan your meals the night before before for any part of the day that won't be spent at the event. Because uh, I feel like a lot of times these events aren't what 
get people to fall off track. It's that they don't have a plan earlier in the day. They just kind of wing the entire day. Oh, hey, I have an event tonight. Screw it. I'm just going to do whatever the rest of the day. That's where you are going to fall off. Also plan ahead for your next day. Um, you know, too many times people play macro Tetris. I've been there. Basically, that just means that you are going in each day and at the end of the day, you just kind of log your food and kind of see where you fall. Um, or you just try to fit every little thing in that you can and you don't have a game plan. You know, have a plan for the next day as well. Um, you know, in terms of have a general idea of what you're going to do at each meal. Um, so that way it's easier to manage and you don't have to like play this game this game at the end of the day where it's like, oh, okay. I have this many calories left. I have this many carbs left, et cetera. So have a plan um, leading into it. So that's it. Those are nine ways to make your calorie deficit easier to manage. Again, it's not easy. Uh, it's going to be tough, but you know, too many people just kind of wing it, wing this process. And I think if you can do these things, you're going to be in a much better position and you can uh, make this process easier um, than it than it easier than what you are currently making it. So if you have any questions on this topic, let me know. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at JeffH91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.